0: hi everybody and welcome to the new edition of the N the cells podcast hope you're all keeping well who's listening i'm delighted to be joined by two show regulars today francis and william how are you both
1: hi all good Stephen, all it's good All right, yeah, thanks
0: yeah no worries all great to have you on again so we'll just crack on with the first the first port of call so to speak and in their previous podcast there was a lot of a lot of debate about a photo that was seen on twitter i mean that's the, the dreaded word in this podcast it was Chris, White, <laughs> Chris and, Janet, and a third person that none of us knew about so me Stephen, I throw on the firework being like Chris Wilder's going to be the next manager, or he might be. But again, we've seen the next thing come up. It was literally a this day after our podcast was released that Eddie Howe is meant to be closer and closer to the Celtic job, and he's piecing together his backroom team. Now, I think he's, I think he's planning to bring in a few people from from, <coughs> from his own team. I think Simon Weatherstone and Stephen Purchase, if, if I'm correct there. But what what are you thinking here, Ah Francis? Are you are you seeing this be, becoming more reality now, or are you still think it's paper talk and we shouldn't really believe everything we're reading?
1: Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I I don't believe it's paper talk. It seems to be too much in it. Whether it's as far on as we're getting led to believe or not, I mean the papers have got to sort of exaggerate the news. They shouldn't exaggerate the news, but they do because they've got to sell papers at the end. Of the day. But I think it just. The the Eddie Howe thing, the the latest sort of stories coming out about him getting to pick up, his, well potentially pick his own backroom staff is is a good thing. It's shown trust in the guy, which I think we need to do because obviously Lennon never got that trust. And and fairness to the board in that sense, Lennon kind of sold his soul to the devil, but not been strong enough to say he wants his own backroom staff. And I think also if the stories are true that he needs it, well he need, he wants his own backroom staff it kind of alludes to what I was saying last week that that's one of the that's reasons why it slows down any sort of announcement because he might want X, Y and Z in place and he's not got to fully commit. He's only got to verbally commit the now but he's not got to totally come until he gets these things in place. And if these guys are still under contract to the end of the season, mm-hmm. then they can't obviously come in. So it's just, it's maybe just ways it has slowed down and it's, it's maybe got a wee bit closer so Celtic can maybe Releasing a wee bit more information at the press or whatever, they're getting me snippets. But I just, I've, it's, it's like, cause it's dragging on that long, you just, I don't know if it's more, you just, the hopes making you think it's going to be how, I still think it will be him. Cause I've no reason, I've, I've, I've no reason to think it is isn't going to be him, but in the same sense, there's not really a lot to say it's definitely going to be him. But it, it seems to be the only candidate right now, it's the only name that's getting mentioned. As Kennedy seems well out of the picture, Keane seems well out of the picture we've not had much in Maresca in weeks and weeks, so it just it seems Eddie Howe or God knows what right now
0: Eddie Howe or Jack Ross now you know. are yeah. um, <laughs> and one thing I'm struggling to understand William, so we're seeing that he's getting well, the rumours, if we're led to believe are true, that he's getting a full of family on his backroom staff and he may be getting a certain level of war chest in terms of transfer funds for the rebuild, but these guys that he wants in for Bournemouth, they're currently going for a promotion push in the Championship. They're close to the playoffs that are in the playoff situation anyway. So, what's stopping Celtic from at least sending end the fans that Eddie Howe has been appointed? Because we've seen with Rodgers, he was appointed then, at drips and drabs, his backroom staff were getting announced over the next coming weeks. Could could that not be something that uh, the Celtic board could do to us, just to give us a bit of, of clarity on the situation?
2: Yeah, you know, on all the previous podcasts, I've totally agreed with this, Stephen, that we need some sort of clarity. Um, I'm not having this for a minute. All this nonsense about people under contract at other clubs and all this. Uh, so you're telling me Eddie how wants his own background staff. Fine, and tells Celtic can tell him right, you can have that. But you can't tell me that he's going to knock back the job because he doesn't get a coach from Bournemouth or whatnot. And even if we are wanting these guys, to buy out their contracts. It can't be. It can't cost fortunes. Don't get the guys. Um, I agree with, with Fanny in the sense that he is the only name that's getting touted just now. And I don't know whether that's more than hope because he's the man I want in charge. But the longer this drags out, the longer I just think that he's it's it's, it's looking more like that it might not happen. Um, it should have been done weeks and weeks ago. We keep harping on about it every every podcast. But I, I don't see why anything like that should be holding up a deal uh, and like you say, Stephen, even if it is the case, just announce yes, Howe's agreed. He's not going to take charge at the end of the season. He's looking at getting his backroom staff in. Uh, I, I don't see how that's a hurdle that we that, that Celtic should be um, looking to overcome. I mean, there's, like I say, buy out the contracts. And you can't tell me Eddie Howse, like they can, they can guarantee Eddie Howe you're going to bring your own backroom staff in. You can't tell me Eddie Howe's going to say, if I don't get this guy, I'm not taking the job. Um, there's going to be other guys there. There's plenty of people he's worked with, uh, and, and like he can build relationships again. Uh, I know we're going to we're probably going to touch on Kennedy later, but um, if the if it is if the rumors are true and uh, he is getting his background stuff, I think that's great because I think in the past Celtic have sort of forced upon this whole um, when these guys come in they need to have a a Celtic man that knows knows ins and outs of the game, but that's not necessarily been the case recently. Obviously, Lennon was forced his hand with uh, his backroom staff recently. Uh, thinking back, Big Ronnie had John Collins in place as assistant manager. And, uh, I'm all for um, Celtic men and, and people that know the club, but for me, it's not. It's not a necessity. Um, there's plenty of people around the club that know what the club's about. Martin O'Neill brought his own backroom staff in. Rogers brought his well. I know he had Kennedy as a first team coach, but he brought in um, Duff and and the, uh, his assistant as well. I don't think it's a necessity. So for me, I think that's all nonsense. It's a, 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 and i have no idea what's going on. But again, just sick to the back teeth. We don't. We've, it's all. It's all just as Ross says. It's all just conjecture. Uh-huh. We, we're, we're absolutely <laughs> clueless in the dark as usual. And. Uh, Everything that comes up, I'm sick of seeing a hundred different rumours each day. Uh, I'm just wanting some information that's actually factual for a change. Because uh, mm-hmm. from day to day, your mood's changing. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm just tearing my hair out listening to all sorts of stories. And you're just wanting some, just something like you say, Stephen. Just one, one, one re announcement. One. I've been watching recently. There's been like. There's Sheffield United just came out. I know they they decided they were going to keep um Heck and in charge the end of the season. They've just came out today and said we've got a five man shortlist for the new manager's job. Heckenbottom's is one of them. Uh, they said he's, he's done a good job and and, and he's in on him term. We've got a five man shortlist. Um we're looking at it now. Bang, statement done. We know they're working behind the scenes. There's um Bayern just got their man uh from mm-hmm. Leipzig. Uh Leipzig I've I've literally, what, 72 hours later? And I know yeah. uh, Salzburg are an affiliate club of Leipzig, but this is what I've, I've talked about in previous podcasts, where the boards, they're paid fortunes. Um, if their plan A isn't going, they need to have a plan B, C, D, E. That's, to me, what Leipzig have done. They've, Jesse Marsh has, has been at Salzburg, and they've obviously thought if the if worst comes to the worst and the man leaves, he comes in. And I, got, I wouldn't be surprised if Salzburg... Had a new manager in within the coming days either there needs to be some sort of plan in place and all these clubs are running it perfectly putting an announcement out and sorting it out we are still here two or three months later and absolutely nothing the only, the only, the only piece of information I've seen from the board was like I've said before was that Dermot Der- Desmond interview and in that interview he pretty much said fans you'll know when you know shut up mm-hmm. and let us go on with it
0: I'm I'm actually glad as well you, you brought up the point about Baermanic and Leipzig. I thought that was very interesting because another interesting thing that the Baermanic new manager, he's only 33 years old. That's mad, that's mad isn't it? I know. For a, mm-hmm. a guy like that, like, when the job is a like well
1: thought after man as well,
0: to be fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, moving on to the RB Leipzig sort of things as well. And we, we know their manager left, and you rightly said there, William, 72 hours later, they've got a new man in former Celtic link. Funny enough, Jesse Mars did a job. Yeah. yeah. It it just shows you, as you as you rightly said, these teams they thought out these plans years before the the, the actual outcome happened, so they know what steps to take. And it feels like to me the Celtic board it's, it's they're throwing pins at the wall, you no, know, like that pit, pin the, the tail on the donkey types of and they don't know, they're in that boardroom. I don't know what they're doing, they're just sitting there having a the laugh at each other, and we're out here panicking for no reason, and they're holding this information in really tightly. But coming back to your, back to yourself, Francis. The more this drags on, right? And to to be honest, is how I feel at the moment. If Howe gets announced, just say a week or two from down the line, so a fortnight's time, let's say the announcement's made that Howe's going to be manager, because it's dragged on so long and sadly we've been in this position so long, would it not be like an anti climax? Do do you know? Is that not the feeling you're getting? Because for me, as William said, I'm sick of going on social media outlets, newspapers, reading things online. It's Roy Keane one day, it's Eddie Howe. Wilder, then you're going to these Jack Ross and down, down that list as well. It feels to me the more this drags on, it's an anti-climax. What about yourself?
1: Well, can I start by saying, William, please don't pull your hair out because we're quite a baldy podcast as it is. I thought you pulling the hair out. <laughs> 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 um, I just, well, I think there will be a sense in an anti-climax because like we've just been talking about, it seems to be Eddie Howe or we don't know who it's got to be. If, if it's not Eddie Howe, it's, it's anybody's guess after that. So I suppose it'll, you could argue it could be an anticlimax, but it'll be a good anticlimax because I think we're all in agreement, certainly in this podcast, that Eda House are number one. So in that sense, it'll be a good. But also going back to what was I know it's it's not great that the board's not saying we could go over that and over that. It's, and it's a valid argument that they should be make. They should, if they have got some information, make an announcement. If they've not. And that's another argument as well. Why have they not done anything with the time, time frame? But the, to say that because guys are under contract, that shouldn't be an issue. If It clearly is an issue. If you've got a contract, you've got a contract at the end of the day. Celtic might be trying to gamble and if these contracts are running out Then the season, Celtic could maybe try to play a gamble and say, well, we'll just wait till the contract's out. If we're not planning on announcing either, Howe, for example, until the end of the season, we'll announce the backs, we'll give them the backroom staff. So they might be trying to go... The cheap option in that sense, I appreciate it's a big risk, but I don't think you can just brush that off as saying it's not a hurdle we can overcome. I also agree with you that we should have the finances to buy guys for Bournemouth out, but these guys might be looking at it and going well if we get in the Premiership. I want another crack at the Premiership, so I don't think it's just as cut and dry as saying I will just buy out the contracts. These guys might not want to leave until they know where Bournemouth is, but also agree that it should go and go to either house should go. You should be saying to Eddie Howe, look, well, you'll get your backroom staff, but it might not be your, your first choice backroom staff. You'll need to go and find other guys. And then, but he might look at it and go, well, he went away to Burnley. I don't know what backroom staff he came with the mayor. if it was forced on him, I doubt it was. Didn't really work out. So these guys he's wanting and maybe guys he really, really trust. So he's maybe that's what he's thinking about the Bournemouth thing. But I also think Celtic should be looking at it and saying, like, Eddie Howe shouldn't they be picking Celtic? Celtic should be picking at the how. so yes. I, I kind of, I'm sort of for. I'm sort of for sitting on the fence with you. But I I don't think you can just brush off things like contracts and say that they're not an issue. It shouldn't really be for for a club like Celtic going to Bournemouth, but Bournemouth's position, the money in down south and that it's these guys might look at it and go well, what another crack in the Premiership or whatever.
2: Well, but, this is this this that's that was my point. So. Uh-huh. He's wanting these guys... I'd say the rumours are true and he wants these guys from Bournemouth, right? Mm-hmm. So, he wants the Celtic job if he gets these guys. You're telling me if they two guys aren't coming, he's just going to refuse it? If that's the I case, don't know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want a manager like I, that in charge I, of my I don't,
1: But that's what I'm meaning. Like, obviously, well, it's all well documented, he didn't do so well at Burnley. It was obviously... I'm led to believe it's family issues. He didn't... I don't know if he's... I don't think his family moved up and he got homesick. So, maybe like, it's...
0: I think one of his family got ill as well. so.
1: Right, so I don't know if, well, I'm maybe just way off the mark then wanting thinking he maybe wants these guys in so he hit, to help him settle better, but it could be a wee bit of that. But I agree. I do agree with you, William, in saying that if, if it's them or nobody, then Celtic should be saying, well, we can't. But it's somebody else in as a manager. I agree in that sense. Yeah, yeah that's, but that, like, that's is...
2: like gambling your whole next season on the whole oh, pitch. I two guys coming for Bournemouth, for me, that's I, fucking nonsense. You should just I be saying, no, where well, you go then?
1: That. I agree with that, because I think, to me, it feels like, Eddie Howe's their man. It will be Eddie Howe unless we, but the only way it's got to be them is if Bournemouth didn't get up. So it's more like, the backroom staff are seen what's happening first before, before anything. Did you think? I think on for with the whole
2: anti-climax thing. I'm getting to a point now where I'm just like, you know what? I don't really fucking care. Just announce someday, just so I've got some sort of <laughs> excitement in but, my life, because this is but... like depressing me. <clears throat> the,
0: the way I'm, the, the way I'm thinking as well. Like you've made a great point, and I always said that you guys on, on the podcast, Celtic have no time to chase any one individual, and no one individual is bigger than Celtic Football Club. I don't care for any really or someone more noticeable in the football world like Roy Keane. no individual is bigger in the club. And as you've rightly you both said, if there, if he's holding out for these two guys to, to sack it uh, pack it out of Bournemouth and come up with him to Celtic Park and if they if they don't do it and that that's kinda of gonna be it and he won't come up. Just move on from Eddie Howe. I, I genuinely believe that there's coaches out there who would jump at the chance to manage a club like Celtic from whether it's Germany, Spain, Italy, France, even in Scotland, even though there's not really much in Scotland to mm. choose from, there there has to be Coaches out there who threw in their CVs, and I think the board shot themselves in the foot a wee bit when they said they threw all the CVs in the drawer when the point that need led in the shower. and I think yeah. that there was a, a bit of a bad opinion there formed in the football and kind of management world as if, like, they didn't even look at our CVs anyway, so what's the point of playing for the job again? But if we look at it as well, in, t- in terms of Eddie Howe coming up to, to Celtic William, as you said, you're getting sick of it. It's, it's like a, a feeling now where you're looking on Twitter, you're looking on their Facebook page, on Instagram, just hoping for an announcement, a, a bit of a statement coming out somewhere, Mackay still being quiet. It's, as you said, it's almost like now the the Celtic fans, or the majority that's on our pages anyway, just want something happening like yourself. And if it's not Eddie Howe, as you said, if we put all the, our eggs in one basket, who do we turn to? I
2: have no idea. Um, Ever since Lennon left, every year, well, you don't even know what a shortlist is, but if you're looking at the bookies' list, there's and we've said that many times before. There's not one name on the list, except from Eddie Howe that excites me. Um, I said that in the last podcast I was in as well that like the board t- taking this long is putting mass putting ourselves under massive pressure as well because everybody's expecting Howe now, and if it's not a big name that we do get in and they've taken this long, there's going to be a massive backlash. Um. I can't, I've can't. thought about it a lot and I can't fathom why we haven't had any announcement or any name or any person in and uh, like we say Eddie Howe's not been under contract he's been free for however long um, it just baffles me why it's why it's taken so long I genuinely don't know what's happening at our club at the moment we're only we're only 12 weeks away from Champions League qualifiers it's now
0: it, it, 87 87 days from the first game and, I think and
2: and we're looking at a massive turnover in the squad and we still have no manager in place. It's just, it's unfathomable. It's its crazy, crazy.
0: Well, we do know one man who may be staying in a position of Celtic if we're allowed to believe some paper talk today and rumours circulating around social media. I know that John McCose especially says, don't be <laughs> believing what you're reading, don't be believing what you're saying. But again he always goes back to these things as well. so To back off his up. point. <laughs> yeah, so it's something we do have to talk about. I want to say this morning, apart from the group chat, was that um, John kennedy has been linked with a move upstairs to the sporting director, road director of football. Now, I have nothing personally against Kenley. I know he's a Celtic man, and he got a har- horrible leg injury when he was on at the Russell Junior. He kind of wrecked his career, and Celtics took him on, and there should have been to be a coach from the reserves way up to the first team, and different scouts, and different jobs within the club. But why, Francis, <clears throat> is this man glued to Celtic Football Club? Does he what, what? Why is he Is he untouchable when it comes to jobs?
1: Well, if you read Twitter and take a <clears throat> quote, me and William, we don't know what dirt he's got on the board. It feels <laughs> like he's got some serious dirt on the board, but um, and a, to kind of sort of be a wee more serious in an ideal world to get a sporting director or direct football, whatever the job title's got to be and get the one the manager wants. It's no, for me, that's not an ideal situation because the manager shouldn't be picking his boss. So I think Celtic should be picking this director of football. And whether that's Kennedy or not, oh, I kind of hope not because I just I, I want new faces, new, just new faces, new voices in there. And I just don't think Kennedy is the man because um, if, it's just the, the job that's, in place, and what's got uh, the rebuild that we need, or re- or got to require, you really, I think we really need a guy that's experienced in that role to carry that out, no disrespect to Kennedy, I mean, Kennedy might be great in that role I'm led to believe that Brendan Rodgers uh, well he was recommended for the role and Brendan Rodgers said no he wanted him on the coaching staff, so I don't know if the Celtic club, Celtic football club actually like, believe that he could do that role, but personally i just with the rebuild that was is required, I think it would it'd be wise to go with somebody that's carried out the task before you know, a sporting director or a director of football that knows the role. And I don't think, to go back to Eddie Howe, I don't really think Eddie Howe should be picking his director of football because, as we spoke about before, if Eddie Howe leaves in two, three years' time, if the manager or whoever the manager comes in picks his director of football, does the director's football as well piss off with him? and mm-hmm. it just goes back that I think Celtic should be pick it because whoever the manager is shouldn't pick his boss. You should be telling the manager this is who you work for, not you, pick, you tell us who you're working for because I understand obviously picking a direct football will help you with like as a sort of relationship but I just, I go back to the fact that I don't think you should pick your boss and I yeah. don't think no. Kennedy should stay in the job.
0: <laughs> the way the way you, I, I'm seeing this through my eyes is does that point especially if we're saying that Kennedy's now linked with the, the director of football slash sporting director slash technical director slash chief scout, mm-hmm. whatever, you're, whatever you want to call the actual decision. But <clears throat> does this point, William, to maybe there's been a breakdown in communications with the favourite for the, the job role, uh, Fergal Hargan? Does Do you think that's dead in the water now, if, if this is the latest name to be put out, of the, put out of the hat for this job?
2: Yeah, it seems to have been quiet on that front, didn't it? That was, I mean, the rumours of that were life for, for yeah. weeks and weeks, but it seems to have went quiet there now. Um, for me, when Lennon left, Kennedy and Co should have went as well. Um, it, it, like, it's not one man's fault what's happened this year. Um, oh, it's a group effort. And it's a team effort. So he sh- they should have all went in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, like again, like Franny I've not got a bad word to say about Kennedy. He's he's been fully committed to Celtic for a number of years. Um. But nothing lasts forever, and it's time to move on. Like People get stagnant, and, and, and I feel like he's maybe got stagnant. Uh, he, he's obviously a talented, talented individual and in what he does, and uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll pick up work elsewhere. And I, I'm sure he could make a manager himself one day, but it's just not here and not now. With regards to the rumours about him being a sporting director, you no, know, not for me. Again, he shouldn't be at the club. Uh, I can understand the links because um, could be looking for a, again the, the the typical Celtic man to come and, and sell the club to, uh, to future players and 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 the rest. Of it. But for me, that man should have been Scott Brown. Should have kept hold of him. And, and if there's anybody that's going to sell this wonderful club to any, to, to future players, or, and he's the man. He's been there for forever and won countless trophies and uh, absolute. Captain and leader. Uh, I know Kennedy speaks well and and whatnot. And I, I can, like I, like I say, I can see the link. But for me, it shouldn't be anywhere in the club. Him and Strachan laptop should be should have been packed up and away when Lennon <laughs> left. Like I say, it's not one. It's not one man's fault. It's not just Neil Lennon's fault. It's a collective thing. Uh, so, you percent uh, right with that. Shouldn't be anywhere in the club at the moment for me.
0: They should they should be using um, Strachan's laptop to build themselves an Indeed profile with a CV attached <laughs> to it, right. throw it out there to see who wants them. But I'm going to come at this from a, a different angle here, a, a bit of, not trying to see, just to see where they're trying to come from. So yeah. we, we know Scott Brown's leaving, and various other players are like with Muse away, and the lone players are going to go back. and There's not going to be much players left apart from McGregor and a few others who have this big Celtic affiliation, a big Celtic connection. So if if the negotiations with Fergal Hargan, and this is just me purely speculating, I haven't seen anything mm-hmm. saying this, Just put that out there. It's just quite coincidental that John Kennedy's name is now linked with the position he's been linked with. But is this them maybe thinking themselves, oh, shit, with no one else to turn to, Kennedy's got that connection. He was recommended in 2019 for the role when Rodgers was um, Celtic manager or um, Celtic manager now. But is are they trying to get the link with a bit of familiarity with, with the club? So if anyhow comes in, it's a smooth transition. So, the likes of if anyhow he wants to ask the board questions, that's the go between. I, I don't know, Francis, but I'm trying to come at this from a different angle. But is it? can you see it from that point of view?
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally get it. Like William touched on, it's somebody that knows the club and stuff. So, I, I do get it from that sense. And it, it does make a wee bit of sense on that sense because obviously, from previous podcasts that we've done with ex players, um, they've alluded to Kennedy's got a good relationship with with players and youth players. So I get that because obviously you want the director of football sporting director to kind of know the day-to-day running of the club, know the youth level and sort of know how the club runs and stuff. So I do get it from that angle and if there's got to be a lot of new faces maybe coming in, it makes sense to have someone that knows the club and to give you that seamless link. But I think William made a great point but that that guy should have been Scott Brown. I don't I think Kennedy should have been away. But I do to just kind of talk about your point and that and not give my point of view whether Kennedy should be there or not. I think it should be. I, I do understand why you would keep somebody like Kennedy, but for me, I would, I'm would. i not against them maybe staying for a year, but not under that title. Maybe use them for that to help integrate folk in. Maybe put them back out like of the coaching staff or some sort of maybe, I don't think it would be an ambassador role, but but so, just maybe it is that sort of a meet and greet person. This is how the club runs. This is, this is what we're looking for, just... Maybe that we go between for the new manager and stuff and the rebuild, but just maybe as a year, but try and get a director of football and don't give him the title of director of football, sport director. Maybe just keep him on some sort of coaching level, but say to him, look, there will be other bits of the role where you want, where you want you to integrate folk in. So I do get it from that angle, having a Celtic guy in there. So yeah, yeah I understand why maybe Celtic are doing that. I do understand yeah, that if the rumours are true. Yeah.
0: It 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 is hard to, make, to try and come at it with an angle like that because you, you, we all, we have said it before and various other people said it like mean, Kennedy for me and Strachan are guilty by association from this season and as William rightly said that it's not a one man effort in terms of the manager or the coach they they should have pitched in and helped if if they had ideas but we've seen that over the last couple of matches that they're just completely devoid of any tactics or any ideas so there there is much to blame and when I say them I mean Gavin Strachan and and John Kenley, they should be out the door as well. I am not. I don't want them at Celtic Football Club no more. I firmly believe that, yes, John Kenley, I said it at the top when we mentioned him, he su- suffered a horrendous injury, but as William said, he can go out and get a job somewhere else and earn his, earn his stripes. And if in the f- future that means to come back to the, the Celtic Park as a manager or whatever, even in a different capacity, then so be it, just earn that experience somewhere else. And then if you do well, then your, your career is going to take off. You can't stay at one club for the, the whole of your life in terms of a management, management or coaching perspective. But another thing as well, William, uh, people seem to forget about this. It seems to be, seems to be kind of at the back door of, of everyone's thoughts. Now, we're seeing that Nicky Hammond's going to be leaving his role as head of recruitment at uh, the end of the season. and there's another position that the Saudi board need to fill and rather quick as well if we're going to get any players in the door. And a name that we interviewed, David Webb, fantastic interview. And he does give an an insight to everything that goes on within a club and all the people he's worked under. He found the likes of Wilfred Saha and all them types of players, and he's worked with Pozzettino, Eddie Howe. He just most recently working with Huddersfield as their, their director of football. So why 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 is this kind of been shoved to the side? Because for me as well, the the head of recruitment has a fatal role in the next next rebuild process in terms of scouting players. Surely,
2: yeah, massive. That's the like. That's the future of the club. That's like one of the biggest positions at the club. This is what's what's even more frustrating. It's bad enough we've not got a manager, but it's pretty much from top to bottom. There's a massive turnover this year, and there's still there's not, obviously there must be working behind the scenes, and we don't see what the ins and outs are. But it just feels like. A, <laughs> Celtic feels like a sleeping dog at the moment. See when you poke a sleeping dog, you're like, Come on, do something. Move. Come on, let's go. And it's nothing's happening. It's I've never been so frustrated in my whole entire life as I have been these last uh, couple of months. Um yeah, people that like you say, that it's kinda of taking taking a back burner that that's like we forget Hammond's going also. That's a massive that's a massive, massive part. Again, where's the plan B, plan C, plan D? Like Surely there's somebody in the in the pipeline or, or in and around the club that they've the, the thought were going to be taken over when Hammond goes. Uh, the whole club's just an absolute farce at the moment. <laughs> um, it's, it's really difficult to see any positive at the moment, which is sad because I'm usually very positive and this is a wonderful club. And it's we've had a lot of good times, but at the moment we're 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 in a very very low place, and mm. it's really hard to see where we're going.
1: Right, cause like yeah. you say, it's like just getting a direct foot. you like well, you said you need like scouts and all that. Like we're a yeah. lot of backroom staff we really, need again. Like like you say the head of recruitment and that. And it's like it's honestly like twelve months ago we had a 90, 90 meter head start in a hundred meter race, and we have turned round after ninety five meters and just stood there.
0: <laughs> brilliant See, um
2: <laughs> we should we should have targets in mind right now to sign yeah. before these champions League qualifiers we should have okay. scouts out there right now but and what like I know we've we've got a couple of guys on pre-contracts agreements and stuff and guys coming in who's signing these guys all these people that are that are at the club are now are leaving they yeah. like Hammond's going Lowell's going um like
1: the managers
2: away. Like the who's captain? Yeah, there's no There's not no even manager there. The, the captain's away. Who's who's making these decisions? Oh,
0: that's madness.
1: madness it, when you put it,
0: it, it like that. It's you're so right when you say it's hard to come at it with it with a positive outlook. He's always calling me Mister Negative, and <laughs> I, I, I I do really live up to that tag. I have to admit, like I always throw in a wee curveballs and then into the chat. And you, I watched William last week blow his top, which was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Man. But um, I've been
1: blowing my top <laughs> for eight weeks. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a but passion, volume. Not... Oh, it's a passion,
0: yeah. It is the passion that's for the club we all love, as you rightly say, Celtic Football Club. But as we always say, I think a very what we've seen this year, um, fan media and different outlets, different podcasts, alternative media, fanzines, and certain websites and stuff are, are really taking off because the Sally fans are looking for a different angle to look at things and approach different situations. and The stuff coming out of Sally Park at the moment is quite just happy birthdays and on this day and um, scott brown scored a screamer and that type of thing so i think fan media and podcasts really took off and i was i was quite interested i watched a, a, a two hour long uh live show with on the Celtic side of main channel shout out to them guys they, they had on the Celtic trust and Celtic shared they basically i'm not going to pretend to know all that about it because i, I know and I just know what i know from last night and I'll, I'll do it as best as i can here so the Celtic trust it's basically formed to try and give the fans a better say on how the clubs run in terms of shares, because there's tons of sleeping shares in, in the 90s that haven't been kind of took up. They're in the process of trying to find them, convert them into shares in the Sally Football Club. You can also go on the Celtic Trust website to sign up in terms of, of subscription basis, which the scrip- subscription collectively goes to buying shares in the Celtic Football Club. And I think that's a brilliant way of doing things at the moment, Francis, because we need more saying in, in, in how and how our um, club we love is run. We've seen the this the the stupid thing with some of the, the Super League, the European Super League, the fans outpouring the, the raids from the fans down south, and rightly so because if they had a signed up to that without no no backlash, then the clubs would be doing that next season. And I think fans forget the part that they actually have and and the higher clubs run and how what what should be going on within their club. Like, what's your opinion on the whole share issue thing? Because. Another idea that they were floating around as well was if Celtic fans are looking refunds, they've, they've said that the Celtic Trust have approached Celtic Football Club and said, instead of a cash refund, convert the cash into shares and give it to the supporters. Is that something that, that you like the idea of? The idea of in terms of getting shares into the club? I'm,
1: I'm not against it, but I'm I'm, I'm cautious. Similarly, to you, Stephen, I'm not going to pretend I know the total ins and outs of how it's going to work financially and all that. So I would really need to know that, for like how the financial side it works. And that, for example, say Celtic had to raise fifteen million pound, just as a figure to chuck out there, is that on the fans to then come up with that money, or who who's coming up with that money? I mean, it's I know it's a model that they use in Germany and Spain, and I believe in Germany it's fifty-one percent owned by the fact that these fan bases, and the other forty-nine percent is whoever it's broke up. So. Yeah, the fans are the majority shareholders, but ultimately they're not making. They're, they've got more to say, but they're not making the final choice. But I suppose it's a positive if they have a final say because they should, in theory, have the club's best interests at heart. But my worry also with it is as is the, the financial side is who comes in who comes in with the money when we need money. Could uh, the other forty nine percent say well? So use technically on the club use over the bigger share. It's on using and we're sitting there. Could be Joe Bloggs off the street that's just got an everyday job that's got a share in it and can't afford to pump this money in. But also, like, I be- just maybe try to take an educated guess. I'm assuming a, a lot of it will be taken up by supporters' clubs that will maybe be able to drive up funds within their supporters' club and then going to sort of feel like the board meetings or these meetings that decide what direction the club maybe goes in. Is that then going to just be the CEO or the, the top guy of this supporters' club? that's saying going and he might just have a wee vented interest in what he he or she wants, as opposed to what the actual supporters club wants. So I would really need to know a lot more about it, and maybe do a wee bit of research on it. But it's it's not something against, but I'd be cautious just just for the financial side of it. Because as we've said, yeah. we need to we need to look to how we can sort of promote our game better without maybe without jumping down south and that. So. It is a good idea, but I just think financially we need to make sure we're we're on the ball with how it works.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if you get a chance, just watch the show that they did last night. On, yeah, the Sali's. I'll the need to catch it up. Yeah, it's, it, from what I took of it, the small points briefly, William. Um, so basically the model is it's not like the way they were explaining. It's not like at the moment they're like twenty percent shareholders in Sally, Just say it's just normal fans just trying to buy a share in the Sally Football Club, and then. If they call it sleep shares, so there's people who's t- moved away, forgot about shares, or people who've unfortunately passed on and stuff, and they've got shares in, in their name. They're trying to find them shares and get them back. So that's the type of model they're going for. This is to try and get more say and direction in the way Southie football clubs going. And they also brought up a good point last night. It's also to provide a stable income as well in terms of the subscription. I think it's around six or seven pounds a month for the. I think you can go higher than that, but I think that's the base level. But William. I think for me it's vitally important that an average fan does have a say in how Celtics run because the disconnect this season with the board has been the biggest in my lifetime. I'm 26, so I don't really remember the 90s that well. So this is the biggest disconnect I've ever seen with the board. I think there's so much animosity towards them. There's so much misunderstanding, miscommunication. And maybe going down this, this way of getting shares or trying to get a better say or getting even a Celtic a normal Celtic fan on the board to go to these meetings to try and give the say of the fans point of view I know um I think it's the supporter liaison officer um Mr. Taylor I can't, he, he does that so I think there needs to be more than people on board I, d- I don't know about yourself and what's your opinion on the whole share the share intake and uptake
2: yeah I, again I'm I'm not as clued up but uh this season has shown more than ever that um Football without fans is nothing. Uh, uh, It's pretty pointless going on if you've not got the fans. That's what it's all about. That's what football is all about. Uh, And like you say, the disconnect between the club and fans over the last however many months, uh, the silence is deafening. So for me, any sort of platform where us as fans can get information or, or have a say or get our point across i think it's it's it can only be positive uh i, I read i read it a little bit today and uh i think it sounds it sounds great i think it's it can only be positive for the club
0: yeah brilliant. And, and anyone who wants to check that out as well just visit net. they've got a list of questions as well frequently asked questions and they go for each one and also check out the show that they've done um, last night with the Celtic in the main guys and also big shout out to Celtic Shirt who's basically promoting what they're saying and getting that out there too, they, they're on Twitter, they've got a Twitter page at Celtic Shirt, so give them a follow too but we'll move on okay so we've seen over the last 48 hours there's been, actually there's has been a, quite a lot of bit coming out of Celtic Park maybe rumours but we'll go over it anyway so we've seen some Celtic players linked away with moves and likes of Christopher Ireland, and Norwich and I've I put that on Instagram and everyone's saying no chance that happening it's Norwich blah 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 but well, I'm looking at that. Says money, money talks now in the game, and if if Norries are going after him, sixty-five grand a week or seventy grand a week, and no matter if it's Norries now, it's unfortunate. But most most um, footballers smell the money and off they go down the road. And then we have seen um, Sorrow, bizarrely linked with Spurs. I don't know where that came from. That he's been linked with a move away to Spurs. It's the same as a cheap alternative to like Mohamed Sissoko and and Ndombélé and stuff to, for cover midfield. But I'll go to yourself, William. First, these rumors come out. This. Doesn't this make it an urgent matter to get someone in to, to quest these rumours? To say these players are staying or these players are going? Because again, it's all wish It's all what we're seeing on the news or what we're seeing through Twitter. And it, as, you, as you said before, it's absolutely annoying as hell because you don't know what to believe.
2: Yeah, it is. I'm not as annoyed as much with that as a manager situation, purely because I'm expecting a massive turnover this year. I don't want to see the likes of Iron and, and stuff go, but I'm I'm sort of expecting it. So, and and with the Norwich, um, with the Norwich connection, I, could, I can definitely see them going to Norwich. The Premier League's a massive draw for most players now. And like you say, the money's incredible on it. And we've seen plenty and plenty of players before going down. We, like we, we obviously see it as a step down. There's plenty of players before that have come to Celtic that have went to, to clubs like that. Uh, it's a massive undertaking. I was... I was looking at the team that started against uh, Rangers in the cup, and the the starting eleven. I was looking at it and I thought, I think, looking at our first game of next season, there's maybe two of that starting eleven will start next season. I was going through the team and I thought Bain was in goals. But I think we need to look at a new keeper next year. Definitely. Kenny at right back is going back from his loan. <laughs> I can't see Welsh starting next year. I think he's done fantastically well this year and coming in, but. Um, Hopefully Julian's back by then and, and I imagine we're gonna strengthen in that position. Ayer looks like he's on his way out. Laxal started hitting in, oh my i I would I'll pay his ticket myself back to Milan. <laughs> <laughs> then we had Brown in midfield, he's already away. We've got Calmack and Turnbull. They're the only two I think look like they may start be out or starting eleven next year. Uh, we had El left, another lone player, looks like he's on his way back. Uh, Eddie up front, it's, it's common knowledge. It looks like he's on his way. And who else? Who did we have in the right? Christ, was it Christy starting the night? He, yeah, looks,
0: aye, like he's, aye, he looks like Forrest he's on his
2: centered. way. He looks like he's on his way as well. So at this moment, obviously Forrest was injured, so he, he, he I think he'll be in there. But from that eleven, which Kennedy obviously thinks was our strongest eleven at that point, for me it looks like we're going to have two of them starting next year. Mm-hmm. That is bonkers. Scary For us, when to are on season. That... where scary. we've got Champions League in eighty whatever days, and we're in one of our biggest seasons upcoming. We need to win this league title back, and to think that 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 start eleven there could be only two of them starting next year, and we've still not got a manager in place or a plan in place. It just blows my mind. Blows my mind.
0: <laughs> well, the, the reason I bring up the players like the way, um, Francis, and I think it's quite a follow point. Clubs would see Celtic now, not a, as a weak touch, but as some, someone that can test with, under, like, transfer fees well under what the, the the players actually worth. Because we've got no leadership, we've got no direction. And just for example, then I'm just going full out there, if Norris bid 9 million, if Ayer gets a whiff of that from his agent, and just say, for example, Celtic's rejected that, and he's going, why'd you reject that for? I want to go. Then... There's no manager in place to talk out of that and his agents clearly won that money down south. Now this is all hypothetical Yeah. but would you not say this leaves Celtic in a vulnerable se- vulnerable position in the early stages of a transfer market especially for outgoing players not getting the value that they deserve for them?
1: I, th- I That's nothing new is it? But
0: unfortunately
1: because of the league we're in we're always got to get looked down upon. I mean to go back to Virgil van Dijk I mean we've got decent money for Virgil van Dijk but look at him now. And then you can just go. To, you've got Fraser Foster, Yama. even Stuart Armstrong. Stuart Armstrong's got the potential. of going for pretty decent money. And Kieran yeah. Tierney, if he keeps progressing, then he's got to go for stupid money. But teams are got to do it simply because, like the way the, the modern sort of transfer work, works now, it's if a bid comes in, the players already probably agreed terms with that team. They probably know cause teams don't want to really come in for a boy and say, "Right, we'll put a bid in." the bid gets agreed and the boys like, well, I'm not going there. So it's usually like, say for example, IR isn't uh, going to Norris, I think he will have already agreed some sort of personal terms with Norris. Then it's after that, they'll then sort of chase it to see if they can get a deal done. So I think if, if he's agreed terms, he will obviously be, I, don't, I, I would hope not, but players nowadays maybe have a wee word with the, I say the manager, we've not got one, but they have somebody, <laughs> a, a wee word within some at the club. Usually the manager's saying like, I'm and want to go, and, I don't know how, how many years has, I have got left in his contract, is it one or two, because if it's one, nine million's got to be a great price for him, Yeah, but I I do, I do believe it's, it's undervalued for him, it's undervalued for I
0: think, I think William brings up, a a really valid point as well, because if you, if you look at the squad, right, and, I can't, I can't,
1: see when William read that out, I can't argue with any, can't
0: argue with any, this is is the point, I'm, I'm trying to get to, so if you look at the squad, and there's potentially two or three players, the likes of Cal Mag, Turnbull. Um, I was about to say Lewis Ferguson for some reason, but that's only because I signed him the football manager. <laughs> he, he, does come in, he does come into my head yeah. there, but um, D- D- James Forrest as well, the, the, yeah. the, the state at Celtic. But, and then you look at it, and you're going to yourself, holy shit. Because, people, believe, believe it or not, I've seen people say that it's, it's not possible that Celtic can let 11, 12 players go, but believe me, if players want to leave, they will find a way to leave. Oh,
2: See another point I see. as well. You talk about like, um, yeah, like the club's penny pinching to get to get our players, and it's 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 all happened for as long as I can remember. Yeah, one we've not got a manager in place. If, I guarantee, if Brendan Rodgers was at the club, he'd be talking to Ayer and Co. and brilliant. Yes, it'd make it a I'd make it a very very hard decision to leave. Um, also, another point: the board falling or whoever it is falling asleep at the wheel again. A lot of these players do only have a year left. Aye, Eddie has a year left. Christie has a year left. I'm not I don't sure think about that. I, I think
1: Christie's only six months, mate. I've Aye, seen in January. I've seen that. Jan- I did so see that. We actually losing him technically for nothing. So I hope so. These,
2: so these clubs are. <laughs> <laughs> so these clubs are going to come in, try and penny pinch, and if we say Aye. no, they'll just say, "Okay, we'll speak to them in six months." Aye. Exactly what we yeah. did with with um, Did we know they're similar with Turnbull?
1: I think uh, so, well, I know well, his contract wasn't the ending, but,
2: but it was the whole injury situation, and we were uh, like, "Well, we'll tell you what, we'll come back in six months and just offer uh, you less, and we'll get him." Uh, uh, and again, these like these are all assets, Eddie and all that. We should we should have tried to get them on um, another year extension. Or, I, you know I agree maybe that. Just my best estimate
1: that season going. Here's an extra I, ten grand on your wages. We'll still sell you next year, but it's keen as two years exactly. to kind of bump your price up. Uh, I agree or, with that.
2: Either that, or have a look. I know we were going into that ten season, and hindsight's a wonderful thing. But looking at it and going, he's going to go for pennies next year. We need to get shot and bring somebody else in. And then go but, get
1: your number one like that,
2: Ivan well, Tony. Well, like, aye, so we're like, we feel like there is going to be a massive turnover this year. But it, it would soften the blow a bit if we're getting money for these guys. But yeah. it looks like we're going to get pennies for them. Uh, I
0: know. Th- yeah. I, th- I think you actually bring up a good point in terms of if we had a manager in place, the likes of Eddie Howe, for example. He could speak to these players at the moment and say, look, this is our plan or vision for next season. But if you go back weeks ago when um, Scott Brown announced he was leaving Celtic, he actually said one of the main reasons he he made that decision was because there was no clarity in who the manager was going to be yeah. next season. And I find that astonishing. And I know before I've said, I wouldn't be too sad to, to see, um, Leafs, uh, see Scott Brown leave. And I'm still of that opinion. But I do respect, again... He's been our captain for all these years, all these wonderful years, and he's a club icon in my eyes. But for the club captain to come out and say that one of the reasons he's leaving Celtic is because of the lack of clarity. That was a big red flag for me that they're not yeah, even Yeah,
1: I, I really that comment surprised me in the sense that I'm surprised it became public knowledge. That was one of the reasons he left that he actually decided to make that public.
2: You can't tell me he's yeah. the only one in the dressing room that's feeling no, that
1: way. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that What I'm meaning just more F- the guy that he gave us fourteen years. Um, this is not a dig at Brown by any chance. I think it's an actual brave move for him, and kudos to him for doing yeah. that. I just, I, I was actually surprised at that statement. I think it, it was it a comment
2: nonsense. of a. I think it was a comment of a fan. It it's What's happening at the moment? I wasn't um, disappointed in the comment. No, no, no. I was.
1: I, I was disappointed,
0: but not uh, not at Scott
1: Brown. I, I think.
0: Aye. I think the what well, the reason bringing that up. We're, I'm not saying I was disappointed in him saying that. I'm saying. Him saying that for me, that if you're thinking of anyone in the club, regardless of the manager, he should be told what, what the next yeah, step yeah, yeah. for. Oh, 100%, 100%. For, for, him, for him to come out and say that, that's mad. It was almost yeah. like, as well, maybe subconsciously, he was trying to give the board a kick up the arse and maybe get them in the gear, but that didn't happen right, as well.
1: But, uh, it doesn't look like it has.
0: Yeah, and just to touch upon before we move on to the game at the weekend, the rebuild, I know people are... That that word's going to be... Uh, it'll have to be, what do you, what do you call it there... Patented. I have to be, <laughs> give that give the, it to the Celtic fans because the amount of times we're saying it at the moment, but it's mad the rebuild weeks. If you had a, a manager in place when they left after a couple weeks, maybe you could say yes, the new guys, and he's going to assess the squad, and maybe it won't be as bad. But as William said, and I and I, I, I titled it in, in our group chat, it's more than bricks. It's a whole house in the state and will have to build because yeah. you're struggling to get a 5SA team out of the players who could potentially potentially be there next season, Francis. So. Just just quickly, going into these Champions League qualifiers in 80, 86 days, 87 days, whatever it is, have you any confidence at all? No, no. <laughs> Simple as that, no. Just kind of, because
1: of the lack of clarity, I, I know I've tried to sort of argue against you on that, but, I mean, you, you can only argue it to an extent. I don't know how any Celtic fan can honestly answer that question and say, yes, I'm confident going I mean... Even when, like, going previous seasons when we've been in a better situation, we're always gambling. We're always gambling with the champs at qu- the, these qualifiers and maybe maybe not signing something until we're through around and stuff. So, to actually have the extent of a rebuild that we're probably going to have and say you're confident, I just to think is madness if you say you're confident at these qualifiers.
0: It's, it's quite daunting, isn't it? I think you're 100% right just to get my cat rays in there in case any sponsorships. <laughs> But <laughs> I think as I, th- I think as well that um you're looking at you're looking at the playing squad, the playing staff, that uh, it's a, it's just a massive upheaval, and we always said we go back to the first podcast we done at, in the sales and me and John were speaking about it even then, the the bricks, the the plans, the steps should have been in place well before Christmas, um, William, and you're looking at this now, and even as a season, if you're going to renew your season ticket and there's no manager being announced, and why would you Why would you part with the best part of £600 for a dodgy £90 stream, and a playing squad that's going to be decimated next season?
2: Yeah, um, I don't know how to answer that question, because <laughs> uh, I don't know why anybody would. Obviously, they're, they're, like, we're going because we love this club, and it doesn't matter where we are, we're going to support them, but uh, like I touched upon earlier, it's a, it's a sad, sad state we're in at the moment, and it's not a massive squad we've got either. I think that's that's one of the reasons we've kind of stuck with the same same personnel all season, because we've no like, if we're taking somebody um, out of the team, there's not really much there to replace, so when these guys do go out, we've not even got a second string squad to put in their place in, in the meantime. Um, massive overhaul, massive turnover, the Euros it's just around the corner. So to get, say for argument's sake, it is only two or three for that starting eleven to play. To get our, the rest of the rest of the squad in to gel, when the core of our team that is staying looks like they're they're going to be at the Euros also, how how in the hell are we going to have time to get a team together, to get a manager to stamp his own philosophy, um, to get. The, the team in the mind frame of how he wants things to work for us to go into a Champions League qualifier um, prepared. It's not possible. It's not going to happen. Uh, I think we're going to have to uh, keep our fingers crossed and hope we get a decent draw and scramble through the first round or so and then take it from there. But at the moment, looking ahead, clarity is the word. We've not got any of it. But, um, it's it's not looking good at the moment. I know it sounds a bit all doom and gloom, but um we just say it like it is and that's that's how that's how the feeling is around the club at the moment.
0: I think the the way you're coming across there, the only thing I really said either, William. Well summed up. That's how mm-hmm. every every Celtic fan's feeling at the moment. And yes, we, we may get accused of being negative or negativity, but again, guys, it's it's where we are at the moment. I'm not going to paint over any cracks because that's what the Celtic board have been doing with us for years. They've been filling gaps and hoping it works and Yes, over the nine years, it has worked. We've got tremendous success out of it. But this year, especially, the lack of planning has been out, just outrageous. That We've crumbled, we've absolutely crumbled like a biscuit in a cup of tea. You don't get in, it cracks off, and you get to the of your tea, you're absolutely raising because it tastes stinking. And <laughs> that, that's that's the, the way we are at the moment. And yeah. you, you, you look yeah. at it, get into, get into these qualifiers, and you also have the factor in there, William and Francis, there's a pre season that has to be done somewhere. So, To get get these players in and jailed, and it's going to be firstly impossible because, as you said, the people who are staying with something will be more likely at the Euro competition with Scotland and maybe a couple other international things. But again, it's something we're going to have to keep our fingers crossed for. And I think hoping for a good draw is kind of pessimistic because we're in the the crappy side of things. We're not in the champions, the champions run or champions path. So. It's going to be literally a lucky dip to see who we're getting. We do keep our fingers crossed and we always believe and we'll want to believe we're going to do well in Europe and, and the league next season as well. So hopefully, maybe next week we we'll get an announcement in terms of management. But we're going to move on. We've got a, another Glasgow Derby game to look forward to. As I said in the last podcast, it seems to be a conveyor belt of these games at the moment. But I'll go to yourself, Francis, first. I always, I always say in every kind of, kind of game review, are you expecting anything different? What do, you, what do you want the management to do? And anything we say, I think we've been wrong 100% of the time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to say this to you. What, what do you expect John Kennedy to do?
1: Well, I mean, I'll try and elaborate, but much the same anyway. I think it would just be much the same. Hopefully, Forrest is fit, but I've not really seen or heard anything to suggest he's going to be available. And I don't know if any of you guys know the situation we are. Is he available? fingers crossed he is again um, I would really like him to start Ayeti and Griffiths up front or at least play I think he'll probably start El Unice up top because I think he's got to play if we want to up top we're going to have to go with this diamond anyway so I, I hope I hope he doesn't play Eddie just simply because like we've all said he doesn't want to beat the club It's not really turned up the last few of, uh, sorry uh, Glasgow Derby games so what's the Ooh. point in playing him What's the point in playing him? Just give Aieter a, a, a Griffiths a run out or the two of them up there together with him. And maybe even chuck If he's willing to play f- five across the midfield, um, maybe chuck Dan Bailey out right mid and just say, look, I'll give you 45 minutes. It's a free hat. Go for it. See what, see what you've got. I appreciate it's maybe the wrong game for the fact that he's come, he would come up against actually. It's not nice to say, but the guy's, the guy's a really, really good player best left back in the, the league back country mile so maybe and he's a big tall tall lad compared to Dembele but why not why not just give the guy it might give the guy confidence to say look, like you turn to him on the Friday whenever you announce the team and that and say look I'm going to play you tomorrow I'll give you 45 minutes if it's not working it I'll take you off but it's it's not a slant on you it's just we might just need to get go and get somebody else on but I'll give you 45 minutes just just keep running at the boy I doubt he'll that's do that that's Doubt he'll do that, there's absolutely no chance he'll do that. I but think be, as well, I wouldn't
0: mind that. as Celtic fans, I think we would respect that more. I think just changing it and trying something different, and I'm going to be a wee bit harsh here. Maybe not harsh, in most Celtic supporters' eyes is probably the true thing. I wouldn't have any of the lone players anywhere near the starting line up here, coming up with the, the Glasgow Derby game. I know El Nussi... To to, but... <laughs> okay, 100%, but this is my personal opinion. At mm. The likes of El I know sometimes, yes, I've done it before myself and a few goals he scored have been absolutely quality and he plays well and he wants to play well, but just he, he, he shows up and fits and starts and I don't think that's appropriate, especially come towards the end of the season. We need players who are going to be there. Kenny, for me, I said it before, he just makes me want to sleep, cuddle up into so, my, my blanket and go to sleep and lacks his positional sense, it's like he's in the stands most of the time. And it's, for me, I just don't think now's the time to play these guys because, when, as William said, there's probably two or three people in that lineup who, who may be there next season. Give it to them, give it to some of the young guys like Ralston, bring him in and play him right back. Bring, As you said, bring young Carmoco in. What What's the harm? Let's see what the kid's about. I know he he's against Barisic, but I'm pretty sure Dembele's going to be intelligent enough and in playing under international football, England in Scotland, to drift around and pick up positions away from him and get his space somewhere else in the pitch. And that's what you need game awareness. And yeah. yes, I can, I can see a Yeti coming in. I would like to see a Yeti playing Griffiths. He defies opinion in our, in our group chat. But i go, go to yourself, William, before we go to the lineup predictions. How are you feeling going into this weekend's game? Is it, is it just a bit of, uh, it's another game, just get it done and wait at the end of the season? Or is it pumped up blood going?
2: Well, I'm a barrel of the laughs tonight, but um no not really. <laughs> um it's it's probably the least pumped up I've felt for a Glasgow Derby in a long, long, long time. Um it's not it's not really a dead rubber, is it? We need to make sure they, we get rid of this invincible with uh, an asterisk nonsense. So we, we do need it as it's massive for us. We still need to win. But yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a bit flat again. That's uh, for me. It's we've not we've not got the fans. The last two derbies I've watched have been like training matches. Uh, the the last league game, this like the, the first half. We came out firing. Second half, I honestly thought I was watching a training match. And if there was fans in the stadium, they wouldn't be allowing that. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, uh I think it's just going to be much the same. Chances created. Very little taken. Um maybe a sucker punching at the other end. Uh yeah. Doom and gloom from Mr. Dobbin tonight. <laughs> uh,
1: to, to be fair, I d I can't say it but a negative result from but, but I think I think we need to sound stupid. I think we really need to try our best to get a positive result just to, to lay down some sort of marker for next season. I appreciate like we said, there, a lot of the players are not going to be there, but if you can just maybe put a good decent display in Get a good result like get a win it maybe just puts a wee marker down for next season fingers crossed but like volume i just i don't see anything but a, a negative maybe maybe get, maybe get yeah, a draw yeah. but i don't see it
2: seeing saying all that like the, the squad is like the squad as it has been all season is more than capable of beating anything oh. in that league easily yeah they've just not shown it this year and when you're seeing that consistently confidence is obviously going to go and it's not just yeah. going and fans, it's obviously going on in a club, but to touch on these guys that are leaving I see if he is going to play them. why You should be sitting them sitting down and saying, listen, if you're off this is one of the biggest games in world football all the eyes are going to be on us this weekend show what you're made of and win your move, mm-hmm. but yeah. I agree with both of I wouldn't play any of them, Eddie would be getting dropped for me, um, yeah Kenny could get dropped the whole lot could get dropped to be honest with you, I would like to see Sorrow in there um, I'd love to see Griffiths in a yeti but I, I, I've seen a lot of people screaming out for it I think they would work well together. A yeti for me, I've, I've seen it before Gary Hooper type, six yard mm-hmm. box The amount of chances we've created This season that haven't been taken I think he would be putting someone away And you can't tell me, for example In that last Derby game, that Elianusi chance Or the penalty, Griffiths isn't putting both of them away no. Uh, no, no. Well Griffiths I
1: probably wouldn't have Because uh, Eddie would have been Eddie, would have been, Eddie would have stole have they still laugh yeah. him, so Griffiths never going to snap at that. I, I
0: don't I don't necessarily think that we're being negative. I, I said before, it's just the, the reality of the, the situation we find ourselves in, and I said it numerous times. I hate talking like this. I hate seeing where the results are going to come, going to come from because, as well rightly said, a squad on paper, on paper only, should be beating any team in that league quite comfortably. But as as you rightly said as well, the confidence takes a hit, and if you're not getting results, then the players' heads are going to go down. And in terms of the players who want them to win their move, that's where I think if we had a, a, a top coach and a top manager in just at this moment to psych them up and say, look, I, I, I am as a manager, I'm only in the door and I appreciate that you're looking for a move. But you go out there, you give your best, you play for the club and you'll get that move. Just a wee bit of motivation. I mm. think the players lack like it, especially if they're looking across to the dugout and they're, they're seeing the same old faces associated with the Champions we've seen this season. I think that's another part of it as well, on the players' point of view. and That's not the stick of them because they've been a joke themselves, and the likes of Edward hasn't showed up, and a lack of effort from everybody. But just to move on, I'll come to yourself, William. First, now the lineup protection. The way the, the way I'm looking at this is the big sigh from Francis. That's how you know the, the way I'm looking at this. I'm going to come at it from who I want to play, so I'm going to throw in a few curveballs in my lineup, but. Because I think I know we know in our heads what's going to happen in terms of what for Mason he's going to play and what personnel. But just to throw it out there, William, who have you gone for?
2: So is it, uh, you want this, the team that I, w- I would play personally? Or, yeah, yeah your yeah.
0: team. Play your team.
2: Right, OK. Um, so is, do we know, is, is Forrest fit? Is Ayer fit? Uh,
0: I don't know about Forest, but I think Aaron only has a shoulder injury. I think he should be fit.
2: Right, OK. Well, if it was for me... How am I going to work
1: this out? Take your time, William, because it's given me a chance to write one Then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, right? I've been his biggest critic this year. Maybe, maybe not his biggest. Maybe maybe Ross has been his biggest critic. <laughs> but I would, back, I, I would stick Barkas in the goal. Yes, yes. I would go with Kenny at right back, only because I don't think we've got much else there. I know you said Ralston, but I think I would go Kenny. um, Iron Welsh in the middle. Taylor at left back. Uh, I would go Sorrow, McGregor, Turnbull, and if Forrest isn't fit. I'd go with Christie, and I would put Griffiths and a Yeti up front.
0: I thought I might just off the, the the phone here to John Canley. Is that you, <laughs> William? Is that you, William? <laughs> yeah, I think
2: I find there's at least five changes in there.
0: Uh, I will eat way, <laughs> me, me, me personally, I would go with Barkas, Ralston, Welsh, Ayer, Taylor, Sorrow. McGregor, Turnbull, go on the right if Forrest isn't fit. On the left is where it gets a bit hazy for me because they're probably forced to play LNC. So I would play LNC there only because of the lack of options on, on the left. If Forrest is fit, I will play him on the left and go on the right. And then up top, I would play a Yeti. So like a 4-3-3 three, three type formation for me just to see if the guys can link up because we know, as, as William said, he has the same build as a Gary Hooper type striker, and he scored a penalty bass goals. And him and Moy had a brilliant, brilliant partnership yeah. at Val and, and Switzerland. And so there has to be something there to yeah. be ignited, to be lit. Yeah. There must be a fire, a fire.
2: Stephen, Stephen, you're talking about that left hand side, Stephen. I think a massive part of this year is, and, and I've touched on it there before when I said the squad's not massive and and like a second string side, so to say. Um. Yeah. There's nobody there. Eddie's just turned up every week, and he knows he's getting a start, so he's just he's not performing. He's no nobody pushing him. I feel yep. the same in the left with 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 Mo, and I think we made a massive mistake in letting Scott Sinclair go. I think oh, he could have been 100%. massive this season for us, and we've not had anybody out there. We talk about the, um, I think, the width. I think, I think we're the fullbacks as well. Sorry, Stephen.
0: I think Scott Sinclair is I'm pressing the second top goal scorer.
1: I it, think he's having right. a decent season. Like I
0: think he's had a yeah. very
1: good
2: season. To be fair. What, what were and you going to say? I'm, about I, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of Taylor. I, I like Taylor at left back, but I, like he's not. He's not. A, he's not a winger. He can't beat a man. And I always thought Tierney worked well with Sinclair because of the movement, and and mm-hmm. Tierney could overlap. I think Taylor needs that, and I think. Somebody like that would have been perfect for him as well for us to get more width, but well, obviously, hindsight's another thing. And I know he was—he um, had a massive contract and they wanted him off the wage bill, and, and Lennon didn't fancy him. But just when you say that there, and, and we're, we're, I think we're lacking depth, I think somebody like Sinclair could have flourished in a season like this, especially with, with our lack of goals and how good a finish he is. Yeah, good point. That's
0: a pretty valid point to be fair. I think most of us have. And I forgot about Scott Sinclair, but he kind of fell off the radar. But on the left, he, when he played, he was frightening sometimes. Like, and as you said, he linked up well with Tierney in the movement because he always cut inside and he had a bit of pace, a bit of whip about him as well. So, yeah, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but again, it's what we have to deal with in the here and now. And it's unfortunate, but it's where we are. But what about yourself, Francis? What have you gone for in your lineup?
1: Well, who would like to start is obviously I'm, I'm with you, Stephen Alley. Well, I don't, I'm not saying I like Barkas, but I just I feel there's something in there, so... I'll put Barkas in. Kenny, Iyer, Wells, think, Taylor... By the way, sorry. No, sorry,
2: sorry. I think you're, you're Barkas' agent, by the way. I meant in this <laughs> podcast, you're
1: bigging him up. Are you
2: trying to get him a big move?
1: <laughs> I'm getting him back I'm getting him back to Athens on loan, if you believe the papers. <laughs> 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 uh, aye, so that, uh, that's my back line. My back Barkas, Kenny, Iyer, Wells, Taylor. I would like to play... Soro Kalmac just sitting in there. Uh, Dembele out in the right tumble, and like we say, just cause of the formation, I would have to put uh, El Yunus out there, and I would put. I'd probably play as much as I would want. I started probably play Griffiths up front in that formation simply as I. I don't know. I've not. I don't think any of it is great up front himself. Thinking he's summed up there, but if I want Dembele in I can only really play one striker, and I think Griffiths plays that would play that role better. But I know that team's got to be miles off of what uh, Kennedy will actually put out.
0: Yeah, Well, I've again, it's, it's our preferences. I just wanted yeah. to do it that way because it's just a wee bit of difference in, in our opinions and stuff. And I think we can all see that we do want change and every Celtic fan probably listen once that change wants to see something from different members of the team. And let's see if we get that on Sunday against them across the city. But as we all probably know, it'll be the same old, same old. But yeah. to move so, on to some brighter prospects... <laughs> We'll go to the score predictions.
1: <laughs> Better not ask mine then.
0: As you're laughing, I'll go to you first.
1: <laughs> uh, I've went to one Rangers. Oh no way. <laughs> I oh. It's just, oh. just simply because do. I think the team you'll put out will be much as what we've seen and that team's just not been clinical enough. So I think I'm, I'm actually being generous and giving us a goal.
0: I think fair enough, fair enough. I mean, we're going to get so much hate. No, we're joking. Well, what about yourself, William? What have you gone for?
1: I, uh
2: I don't. I'm not going to have as harsh um, <laughs> uh, as as uh, Tony did the other night and say that Rangers are woeful. Like they've obviously they're obviously a decent side and done well this year. But they've not they've not looked the best since punching the title. Uh, and we keep keep making chances. We can't can't keep giving them up i'm going to go for a 2-1-1 and i'm I'm hoping he gives griffiths time uh, on the pitch because fit or not give him an hour he showed it at aberdeen Uh, eddie's not scoring that goal or that chance that he scored Uh, and i guarantee that half the chances that were made in previous games if griffiths is there in in the box he's putting it away Uh, so i'm gonna get i'm I'm gonna go for griffiths to score the winner 2-1
1: See, my, oh, my, only I mean, me, my only concern, with the game is now they're out the cup and they might be going to come away a wee bit. They've not got that distraction of the cup now, so I, I just don't, I'm hoping miles off. Maybe I'm trying the whole reverse psychology thing now. <laughs> Maybe Rangers will turn in a stinker again. Maybe is
2: that I, 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 <laughs> hey, how about this? What about Barkas goes up in the last minute, scores the winner?
1: Well, I'll no be, I'll not be flipping John Joe Kenny because he doesn't Kenny how to go forward. <laughs>
0: I've gone with night I'm going with one each, going to go score draw, shirt of spoils. And look, we've heard, we're hearing this invincible tag from them. They're not invincible. We've done the invincible season, the travel. We've done the invincible travel. They're doing a third of what we've done, a third yeah. of it. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think, think it's
1: just that, that just puts it into perspective how well we've done, like the master yeah. thing. Because take, take that as horrible as, it, as to say, take nothing away from it. If they potentially go a league campaign invincible, that, that's a great feat. That is, that is, that's a great achievement. But to actually go a full domestic campaign undefeated and clean up, which obviously results in cleaning up the trophies, every trophy available, then that's frightening. It's absolutely... And it just seems to be, I think... I'm not saying Rangers' invincible asterisk season is gloss nor it, but I think the media are sort of... A, Try to put a wee bit of a dampener on what Celtic's achieved. We just Rangers gone potentially for a league campaign invincible.
0: Well, if you look at it, they've, they've barely mentioned the fact that just literally in December, their last year, we completed the quadruple treble. <laughs> so that that's been kind of left to the side. I've heard basically zero news coverage of that from anywhere since it happened. I know. But that's
2: the biggest that's... thing for the for see for that as well. Like it's like it's astounding that. Celtic have done that. It's like Leicester City winning the Premier League—absolute bonkers. See for Celtic mm-hmm. to win twelve domestic trophies on the trot—it is unbelievable. Like, and, and the fact that you said you've said it there—it it seems to be because since Ra- Rodgers came in, it's like oh, cause it's the norm. Celtic win everything. I think it's been proven this year. Like as much as we hate to say it, Rangers—the Rangers have been. Far away, the better, best team in Scotland this year, and they've they've only they've they've only won the league, they've no mm-hmm. one any other trophies, so it shows you how difficult it is. Not only is it difficult to win a treble, to win four in a trot is absolutely astronomically mind blowing, and uh, I like you say it, it seems like it's just like a it's like a run of the mill thing. or Celtic have won everything now. No, <laughs> this this season's shown. And proved that how difficult it is to win one, and so is the whole existence of Scottish football. It's, it's. Mm. I don't know how many trebles have been done before that. Then, Two. not many. Two
1: or, Two or three, three million. From each, mm.
2: and, and then we have went and done four in a row. Uh-huh.
1: Are you having yeah. a laugh? Oh, uh, yeah. it's madness, eh? It's madness. Because think... just to have the actual hunger to keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going. To actually, what well, I mean I appreciate you should as a professional football player you should want to win trophy after trophy but like you say you like win 12 on the spin and just to have that drive to to constantly go because you've got to have to pay 100% all the time you can't your levels can't drop which is this season shown yeah Rangers have run away but your levels have dropped drastically and then they've not even managed to make a semi-final in any of the two cups
0: yeah and I think that's quite telling and the only thing that annoys me is that Rangers have been far and away the best team in the league but it's the achievement, as we've all alluded to, the truth, something done like mm-hmm. in the whole game, 12 domestic trophies in a row, and it does, never gets mentioned no more. All we hear now is this invincible tag that they've got across the city, Stephen Gerrard's machine, when he's really sitting there with a dusty trophy cabinet with one out of nine on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not have, it might sound like I'm having a dig, and a wee bit, yes, I am, because success, we've earned it over time, like 12... Twelve, as William said, it's incredible, that achievement. Winning one, one travels in, an achievement in itself, but four in a row is <laughs> unbelievable. It's laughable.
1: It's actually laughable.
0: Yeah. And I think we, we can't get lost. So the, the success we had is recent. It's not like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. We dominated there for nine years, and I hope, as Celtic fans, we don't forget. And this season has been horrendous, but it's been the worst season in my lifetime. But again, we've got our fingers crossed, and we've got that hope. That we'll be back again soon. We'll be challenging again next season and winning them trophies back and bring them back home to Celtic Park where they belong. And I think that's a perfect way for myself and us to finish the segment of this show and move on to the brighter side of life. We can all take a deep breath and relax. We're going to move on to the quiz. So we are. And I think this quiz is just a great, a great wee thing to do at the end of the show. A wee bit of humor, a wee bit of last between all of us as, as panelists on the uh, end of cells podcast. So if you guys are ready, yeah. William and Francis will crack on with the first question
1: yep. Get to go, get to go
0: yeah, Again, same rules apply, five questions get first to three, whatever the yeah. only on, um, praise is your professional pride is Celtic Cullin. So <laughs> in which year, just starting off nice and easy did Celtic win the European Cup?
2: Sixty seven.
0: Francis for me, that's one to Francis Should
2: have said sixty-seven and not 1967 Good boy <laughs>
0: John Hartson was given a Celtic debut, debut against as a, as, a, as a substitute against which side? Levenston. Nope. Over to Dundee you. Dundee United. One more guess, Francis.
1: Oh, oh! you've asked us before because my first guess was Dundee United, but that was who he scored his
0: first goals against. <laughs> oh! <I> told you <laughs> there was going to be a curveball, didn't it? Habs. Nope. Back to you, William. Oh! One more.
2: Uh, Jesus Christ.
0: Uh, Dundee. No, both wrong. It was Kilmarnock.
1: that I cause the guy said that Colin What said Livingston, you said another plastic pitch.
0: Damn. Yeah. Damn. Which English manager sold Oliver Tibley to Celtic and then in two thousand and two bought him back from Celtic? Steve Bruce. Yep, that's two do Francis. So Bruce had Tibley at Sheffield United and he took him back to Birmingham. Mm. What was what was the score in the away leg? when Celtic played Celtic Vigo in the third round 2-1 to Celtic Vigo yep John with, what was the goal score for Celtic so that was a, a, basically a whitewash there William did you have your, your mic on mute by any chance he's got Rossi's Is delay <laughs> oh, when, sorry still... guys
2: I don't know what happened there <laughs> what, was, what was going on <laughs> well, sorry I was, just, uh, I was just standing up straight there again because I was just bent <laughs> over and pumped there
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, Francis, I mean, well done to you free now, they got a brilliant victory of weight wise, and you totally pumped them as William said. So guys, f- fantastic show. Thanks for coming on. Um, William and Francis, have you enjoyed it? Yeah,
1: yeah, good as always. Uh-huh. I can't, uh-huh. can't wait till we're talking a bit more positive things, but uh, oh, just geezer. just to say, see, if folk do think we're talking it. come on, jump on the socials and maybe give us another angle to look at it. Maybe we're just not yeah. seeing the positives.
0: We we welcome, as a show, people's opinions, and we take it on board. And if anyone has a different outlook, feel free to messages and hopefully get you on the show one time. We're going to have a wee chat about that as well. And just an update, the, the these guys, I know you are looking out for the Edna Seltz uh, Rewind, the people who are listening. There's been a bit of a delay on that, so that will be probably available next week. It's just unfortunate that schedules and work, work schedules and stuff have gotten away, but me and Ryan are getting that quickly resolved and we'll be hopefully doing that at the beginning of next week and maybe on the weekend. So it'll be available soon. So keep an eye out for that, guys. And until our next podcast will be Tuesday, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail.